Hi, this is Mo Abdelbaki, and this is episode 15 of my podcast. Welcome to Out of Mo's Mind. Hello, hello, hello. This podcast is all about Game of Thrones, and I've never seen it. So we'll see. Well, you'll see. We'll see. Shall we begin? Shall we, Plaus? Okay. (laughs) All right, so here's the deal. I have never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. Now, you may find this hard to believe, but there are many of us. Some of us are just kind of stubborn, but that's not the case with me. Uh, when it started, I didn't have HBO. So there was just no way for me to see it. But I kept hearing about it and hearing about it. And there's this new word now. You're probably familiar with it. It's FOMO, fear of missing out. And interestingly enough, in the beginning, I had some FOMO, but it didn't take too long for it to become don't care. Um, I began hearing things about the show. And uh, it's, it's, I remember, I've never seen it. So everything you're going to hear (laughs) is based on complete and total ridiculousness. Um, Conjecture, um, whatever. So uh, the point is, is that I lived through the 60s. Now, I figured I lived through the 60s and I didn't need to watch the show because just about everything I've heard about, um, well... I think we kind of experienced back then. Now, before you, you know, become hackled, raised, uh, let's let's talk about this a little bit, okay? Um, I think that's cool. I mean, but, but look at the news lately. There was a coffee cup in a scene, and it was a big, a big, a big deal. And then uh, the last finale, which was just uh, recently, um, and I wanted to wait until the finale to do this particular podcast because I thought I might inadvertently give some spoilers and have people come after me, which would be terrible. They may come after me anyway, but hopefully not for something like that. So someone left a water bottle. <laughs> on this set. It's like these actors are saying, God, I'm so tired of this, you know, but maybe they weren't tired of it. I'm sure it was an amazing opportunity and a lot of fun and a paycheck and all of that. But I'm sorry. I'm not going to watch it now. I, I said I've lived through something kind of similar to it. Those of you who are baby boomers, I think you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Those of you who aren't, welcome to what it was like back then in some ways. Now, what I'm basing my inferences on, the media, people I know who watch the show, and just about everyone I know watches the show absolutely fanatically, Lee, Lee, Lee. They love it, which is fine. I used to, I, you know, it's not the dumbest show that's been on because I've never seen it. I don't know. Now, I watched Gilligan's Island back in the day. It was not a very highbrow show. Um, they, they didn't cut people up or anything. Um, <laughs> double entendre there. I guess they did a little. I watched My Mother the Car with Jerry Van Dyke and Ann Southern as the voice of his car. Um, yeah, I know. 
I mean, I, I watched It's About Time with Imogene Coca, Coca and Joe E. Ross playing cave people. Ooh, ooh. I mean, literally, ooh, ooh. Remember, anyway, it's a long story. So I, I haven't always watched the best TV. <laughs> Putting it mildly. Um, but I heard a lot about this show. And so I was talking to a few people and I said, so what, what is this show? Why would I want to watch this? And, and one guy right away said, hey, Mo, it's, it's filled with nakedness. You know, you get to see all these people naked. And I'm thinking, ah, 1970, 71, 72, 73, I saw a lot of people naked. Almost more than I saw myself naked in the shower. I mean, it was it was the time for streaking. I did streak um, with a hundred other people at least. It was a ton of fun, I have to admit. But there was streaking on the Academy Awards, and and it was everywhere. Plus, it was you know post uh, Hate Ashbury, post Summer of Love, and people dropped their clothes at the at the you know oh it's afternoon. I think I'll just remove my clothing and walk around for a while. I have to admit, I, you know, I have to admit, I was one of those. Um, I certainly didn't think I had a body that was like, oh, hey, hama hama, you know, take a look at this. But I, I certainly, <laughs> I certainly, boy, but I just, I didn't mind being naked. It didn't bother me. So I've seen that. Okay. Um, yeah. Streaking was a lot of fun. Um, one guy said, listen, these dragons are unbelievable. They're fire-breathing dragons, and they're absolutely amazing. Okay, I've seen some things, and I'll bet I'm not the only one who has seen fire-breathing dragons. I saw a dragon once that blew bubbles, and then the bubbles would explode, and they would be like fire in them. Kind of cool, really. Um, it just depended on which, which window pane you were looking through, or... If you happen to come across a little purple haze on the horizon, or or maybe if the sunshine was extra yellow or extra orange sunshine, you could see just about anything you really wanted to see back then, and 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 it was safer, you know, usually. Um, but yeah, so we had dragons <laughs> and a whole lot more. Did you have marching bow ties back then? Did did you have? Tyrannosaurus rexes that were about five feet tall walking down the sidewalks? No. Is that on that show? No. There are no Tyrannosaurus rexes that are five feet tall. I've not heard of it anyway. You know, and the marching bow ties? Is there marching bow ties in Games of Thrones? I bet not. Now, I, I know the guy who wrote it, his name, um, oh, R.R. R. Martin. That's it. And he seems like a pretty interesting guy. He raises goats. Now, I don't know if you've ever had any experience with goats, but I did. Um, there was an old friend of ours uh, back in high school, and I'm a guy named Bill, and his family was getting ready to move um, somewhere else. And so they wanted uh, able-bodied people to come and move his stuff. And his father and mother had just, they kept about everything they'd ever bought in their marriage. Um, and, and one of those things was a goat. The goat's name was Goofy. And uh, if you turned your back on Goofy... And he was, a, he was a billy goat, and if you turned your back on Goofy, um, and dare you not even pretend to bend over, you landed flat on your face, because he'd butt you. He was not a nice goat. 
Well, we, we were going to move him. We had all this stuff loaded up in trucks, and they had this 25-pound bag of pooch dog food. It was generic dog food, I think, from Safeway. And so this is in the front of the truck. And uh, my friend and I, we hop in the truck to, be, to start this thing up. And he, you know, it's just like unbelievable. Goofy had opened the truck, because he was in the truck too. He had opened the truck with his, his or opened the, uh, the dog food with his horns. And there was dog food everywhere. It was for him. And he was eating it, just looking at us. And you try to get close and he'd put his head down like, don't you dare. All right, so have your goats. Maybe that's why he wrote this thing, because he had goats. Um, next thing. I heard about this disastrous wedding. It was a big deal when it happened, I know, because it was like, God, he killed everybody or something like that. Well, let me tell you what. Back in the 60s and 70s, we had a lot of disastrous weddings. Things just didn't always go right. Now we call them fails. I hate that. What's failure about it? It's just something went a little bit wrong, right? At my own wedding, uh, the groomsmen and I were in this room getting ready, putting on tuxedos and, you know, um, practicing being on leash. And, um, (laughs) okay, okay, I know. And so... A friend of mine put a, it was an ashtray in there. We were, you know, smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey. Brought some Yellowstone, Yellowstone whiskey. You talk about put hair on your teeth. And so um, he put the cigarette in the ashtray and it, it fell out and it burned a hole in my marriage certificate. Some might say that that was a bit of a, uh, an omen. I would just say, but maybe it was. Um, but anyway, you know, got two lovely kids out of it and all of that. But, um, and then I was a little drunk. When I went out, yes, I was. And so when I, my ex-wife came down and it was at a dude ranch in the mountains, it was a really lovely wedding. It really was. And, and she came down and, and, you know, gave them to me and she said her vows and she did them all perfectly as she'd rehearsed them. And I just looked at her, turned around, looked at the crowd and I said, you know, a funny thing happened on the way to the graveyard. And right away. <laughs> You could hear this in the audience. And she was like, it's okay. You don't have to say anything. Well, I did say something. I said a lot of things. And I said them for about five minutes. Um, We'd had a problem with the fellow who married us. You know, we had uh, a Jewish family there. Well, part of her family was Jewish. We had many, many Jews there. We had many, many Christians there, Catholics mostly, but other types. We had a couple of Hindus. And we had my family who were Muslim. And he wanted to talk about Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we said, no, we're not going to do that, you know. But my ex-father-in-law slipped him an extra hundred bucks and, geez, all was well. That was a really weird wedding. It was fun. Um, we had a belly dancer because that's an Egyptian tradition. So she came out and she's belly dancing. And then people started stuffing dollar bills in her outfit, which is not an Egyptian tradition. Uh, it was so offensive to my family, you wouldn't believe it. Um Anyway, so, so, and you know, there were other weddings as well, you know, there was, <laughs> there was one wedding at the altar and uh, the officiant said, I now proclaim you husband and wife. And uh, they started making out. And I don't mean just a little peck on the, I mean, they were tongue and groping and it was the, the weirdest damn thing I'd ever seen in my life. That was really weird. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. I went to one. I was the best man at a wedding for a friend of mine. 
And it was a very small wedding, just he and his wife, his parents, his grandfather, and uh, me, my wife, and my newborn son. I mean, newborn, like three months old. And so we had the wedding, and I stood up for him, and it was all very sweet. And then and then we sat down to a dinner that his mom prepared, and my ex-wife fed my son, breastfed him at the table, which, you know, she was, I, I see nothing wrong with it if I'm going to eat, right? Uh, but the, <laughs> she was, <clears throat> um, she was well able to feed, and so the grandfather looked over and said, uh, I'll have what he's having. It was one of those. It, he did that the entire meal. Kept making these remarks. Um, it was. It was. It was weird. Um, yeah, there was one where there was a drunk groom. He was drunk. I mean, he was not just. He was weaving back and forth. Thought he was going to pass out. A lot of hungover grooms. Certainly a lot of that. There was a bride on quaaludes. That was a good one. She had to actually sit down. She, she just kind of sat down on the ground right in the middle of the wedding. I, I thought to myself, gee, maybe you don't really want to get married. There was one with a stone deficient. That was so good. He just, as he walked in, he was like, <clears throat> uh, uh, do you, uh, wow, there's a lot of people here, man. It was his first wedding. He was a universal life guy. So am I. You probably are too. And he's like, uh, Oh, yeah. And it was a long, long, long uh, wedding. Uh, Terrible music. Oh, my goodness. It was a time of singing, you know, songs with guitars from people who couldn't play. Uh, There was one where they recited Winnie the Pooh. I mean, you know, Khalil Gibran was everywhere. The best one was the the most violent and disgusting of all. It made this so-called red wedding, in my opinion, look like just child's play. And it was child's play because as we were co- as we were coming down the aisle, I was sitting luckily in a few seats, the little ring bearer threw up and and he, he just barfed every, right in this aisle. And it was just like, oh, my God. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And the flower girl who was already up there, she started throwing up because he threw up. And then the, the best man, uh, not the best man, one of the groomsmen, he starts... <laughs> Uh, that was pretty cool, you know. So, so I've seen weddings. I don't need crazy weddings. I think we've all seen them, you know. And if I ever see another wedding where they're doing, you know, I don't know. It just it's too much. So here's another one. Okay, I just thought of this one. There was thing with <laughs> the, the guy said uh, up at the front. Does anyone know why this couple should not be? you know, in marital, whatever. So she didn't get married. And this girl stands up and she yells out, yeah, he's an a-hole. But she said the whole world. And it was just, and I could have heard a pin drop and I just started cracking up because he was one. There was just no doubt about that. Okay, enough about weddings. I think I've made my point and kind of maybe over. A friend of mine said, hey man, there's a lot of, promiscuity in there he put it that way what he said something else and i said so what yeah i mean really he said no 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 it's really kind of well done it's kind of there's some hot stuff going on there i said hot that's they're 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 filthy they've got a smell i mean even the actors would have to because they're covered in mud and they're wearing these you know muppet outfits and stuff like that when they, <laughs> 
candidates. I like that. Uh, back in the 60s, trust me, I knew promiscuous people. I wasn't one because I didn't have the self-confidence, I suppose. Um, that night just wasn't the way I was. Now, I, I knew a, a lady who um, um, was quite was quite promiscuous, extremely promiscuous, unbelievably promiscuous. She was in an open marriage. And of course, that never worked. Let me just say right now, I never saw an open marriage that worked back then. Uh, so you talk about, you know, that's, I have no idea what happened on the show. I might have not mentioned that I have never seen it. So everything is just pure conjecture on my part. And watching these people on, on talk shows, very normal, trying to pretend that they're not as weird as they're as their characters, which is, you know, sometimes not easy. Uh, I had someone say, man, it's great battle, great battle scenes. Well, you know, I'm not, this is not funny at all to me, but man, we had Vietnam going on. There was nothing funny about that at all. We had violence in Watts and Detroit and in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We had the SDS and the weather underground, right? We don't need, I've had enough of that stuff to last me the rest of my life, and I mean it. Nowadays, I watch a show, and I can't believe how much shooting there is. There was one of these, uh, you know, I think it's CI some ST, you know, and uh, my, my wife watches. I don't, I don't, because I, I was just kind of peeking in. I was doing something else, and I looked up, and in a sp in a period of thirty seconds, I saw eight people get killed. You know, with guns. And I, I thought to myself, gee, these stunt people, they have to contort and all that stuff. And I just thought, I don't really want to see that, you know? And especially if, you know, and when you've got swords and knives and axes and, you know, little metal toothpicks and stuff like that, it gets kind of weird. I just had had enough. I really did. Um, and it was real back then. And now look at what's happening in our schools. Here in Colorado, where I live, man, it's just been, it seems almost every, it's just boom, boom, boom. Or a theater, which I live 10 minutes away from. And Columbine, which my, I lived across the street from for a long time. And, and geez. And you just name it. I mean, it's just, and recently, this horrible, horrible tendency for people to just kind of say, I'm, you know, enough. I don't, you know, enough. So I, I didn't need it for that. Um, a lot of muddy, naked people. Have you seen the movie Woodstock? Now, I wasn't there, but they were muddy and they were naked. There's actually a great scene. There's a movie called um, Long Strange Tip. It's about the Grateful Dead. One of my favorite groups. Yes, I'm a deadhead. You know, judge me if you will. Uh, but man, they had some smart lyric. And um, there's a scene where the band is on, on the stage and they're playing and behind them is a guy naked on an amp. And he is absolutely naked. There's not a thing. He's wagging around and it's just like Oh, I forgot it was like that. <laughs> you know? In my little town, there wasn't maybe as much of that. But I saw a lot of it. Um, in the next few years, I went to California the year after I graduated from high school. Spent a year there. It was really more laid back than I expected it to be. Um, but, and they everyone kept saying, where are you from? Where are you from? I said, oh, I'm from Fort Collins, Colorado. Ooh, ooh, the wheel. I said, what does that mean? They said, ooh, they drop all these drugs off in this canyon above there and it spread it out throughout. And I thought, oh, I had no idea. I was from somewhere famous, you know. 
I thought we were famous for Colorado State University. A little bit of that. Actually, in What's Up, Doc, um, Barbara Streisand went to CSU. Got a big cheer from the audience. Certainly did. Uh, so, you know, muddy naked? Eh, not so much. I mean, I've been there, done that. Um, I guess there's poisonings in the show. Poisonings. Do you remember the brown acid? Now, I never took it, thank goodness. But once again, our generation knew poisons. We we had a pretty good idea of what was there. Um, people chained up in bondage. Well, honestly, this is a, a strange one, but I keep thinking of Abby Hoffman, you know, um, bound and chained to a chair and gagged in court because he had such a big mouth. But that was really crazy, and it was very unpleasant. And it certainly did make a point in my mind. In fact, it really bothered me a lot. There are a lot of things today that bother me too. You know? Yeah. And people say, oh, you can't, on the Game of Thrones, you can't trust. You're, you're always surprised. You see allies turn on each other and beat each other up. And, you know, and I think, well, what about Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, who got into fistfights on stage? Here these people can make beautiful music, right? And they're beating each other up in, in concerts, you know, and not harmonizing so well. Nah, nothing is new. Nothing is new. Um, very strange paper. People. <laughs> very strange people. Uh, gosh. Very strange people. People of all shapes and sizes in the show. Uh, some like aliens, I guess. There's a thing, uh, you know. Um, there's all these people. Very, For example, there's this guy, Johnny Winter, right? John Winter. Uh, Winter's coming. John Winter. And we not only had John Winter, but we had Edgar Winter, too. And they were albinos. So they could be like on this show, but they weren't. They were musicians. And wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ah, John Snow. <laughs> okay, <laughs> John Snow. Well, you know what about Jon Snow? I knew a guy that we called Jon Snow, uh, but for a completely different reason. So we had that too. Um, yes, we did. And by the way, winter came every single year. Every single year. As not, see, what am I saying? I mean, it's just the very same thing, you know? Strange people indeed. A lot of strong women. Well, I'm, I'm happy to say that we had a lot of strong women in our generation as well. We had the beginning of the, the um, women's liberation movement, the National Organization of Women, Shirley Chisholm. Um, I mean, there were some really Bell Abzug. I mean, there were some strong, defiant people who came in and, and really took hold. And in the, in the, in the arts, we had, uh, we had women who were kind of flamboyant and really kind of owned up to who they were. I mean, like Grace Slick and Janice Joplin. I saw a movie once where Janice was on a trans-Canadian railroad with uh, the Grateful Dead and the band and all that, and she seemed a little needy, but man, when she was on stage, no one could touch her. No, no one could come even close to her. Um, there was a wildness in there that I... I so admire, and I just don't see anything like that today, or even an audience that would appreciate it that isn't like, um, you know, decrepit like me. Um, we had great examples of strength, 
And it's just taken so darn long for things to work out, you know. But it will work out. Don't you dare lose hope. Don't you dare quit. Um, you can't. I was talking to a, a young lady, and she said, I, was, I watched Game of Thrones, and I was so traumatized. I thought, what? She said, traumatized. I was really traumatized. And she actually became very teary, and I thought, well, this is good writing on TV, or maybe it's something else. Because when I think of the traumas that we experienced back then, or have experienced recently in this culture, I, I think of the assassination of Martin Luther King, of, of JFK, of RFK. I think of the deceptions that went on. I think of our parents' generation and, and the, the HUAC and World War II and the decision to drop two bombs, atomic nuclear bombs. I mean, that, that doesn't come easy, you know. My wife has a, had an uncle who died in the Bataan Death March. Her father ended up in Nagasaki after they dropped the bomb. He took movies. I have never seen anything like it in my life. They traumatized the heck out of us. Duck and cover. Duck and cover. Yeah, here comes, what was his name? Ben? Ben the uh, the turtle? I can't remember his name. Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> Probably not. Um, yeah, if you see the flash... Duck and cover. Get under the get under the desk. What the heck, you know? Um, I had uh, nuclear nightmares, as I called them, for for decades. Not I had I had one just a few years ago. I used to have a lot of them where you, the mushroom cloud goes off, and then you see another one, and you realize, uh oh, this is it. I think many of my generation did, but it really got to me when we were in, in junior high school. They showed us failsafe. They had this thing, a big band thing. All the bands in school got together, all the junior highs, and we went to a, a little town. Uh, I bet it's bigger now. And we'd be in there, and they would. We stay all day long. We'd have lunch and you know whatever. And they show us a movie, and they showed us failsafe. Now, for those of you who've never seen it, man, failsafe is about um, a mistake is made. And this American plane goes to drop an atomic nuclear weapon on, on Moscow. So it's about the United States having to deal with the Russians and, and having to say, okay, well, we're going to have to knock out one of ours. And it, I think they pick New York City. And you, 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 you're a kid. I mean, I was, what, 12, 13 years old? And it's like, oh, my God. And then Dr. Strangelove, which was a ha-ha movie, but it certainly wasn't a ha-ha um, point of view. So, you know, trauma, there was a lot of trauma, you know, and then the white papers came out, the Pentagon papers and, and, uh, Watergate, holy mackerel. I, I know what's happening now is, is pretty big and it is. I'm not certainly saying that the, that the system, the way it is now is not, there's not a problem. Um, but man, that was huge. I remember watching Watergate uh, trials in college every day in a room filled with fellow students. And we would cheer and we would boo and hiss. And it wasn't making fun of it. It was genuine impulse. It was genuine emotion. Yeah, a lot, a lot of things. The monkeys. I sure liked the monkeys. I know. I know. Believe me, I know. But 
I think we also always got that they knew exactly what they were and that they fought it. Wild clothing. That's what someone said to me. You ought to see the costumes on Game of Thrones. Man, costumes on Game of Thrones. Watch an episode of Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. You know, um, go through your own closets. I, I never had, until I freaked out, and by that I don't mean going, oh my God, no, but the actual original term of freaking out was letting your freak flag fly. There was coming out for some people, and then there was freaking out for those, and some people came out and freaked out, but I just freaked out. And freaking out was, man, I looked like an extra on, on any show where you needed someone with a lot of hair and a surly attitude. So anyway, I lived through the 60s, and a lot of people did. And a lot of my friends are no longer around, but I am, and and I love it. I love it. It's a wonderful thing, this life. And I just never got to see Game of Thrones. Like I said, the beginning didn't have HBO, well, for most of the time. And we got it, and it's like, oh, I don't feel like this. Um, so... There it is. I won't keep you any longer. Thank you for listening. I think that's all there is to say. And if you enjoy the show, I'm happy you do. I really am. I'm sure I'll end up watching it someday and I'll get completely hooked. And I'll think, oh, but at least I'll be able to watch it all in one sitting. Uh, I think, what, eight years worth or something. And I'll, you know, who knows? Maybe there's a nursing home somewhere where I'll be. And I'll be listening to Inagata DeVita on my headphones and watching it uh, at the same time, I mean, I probably don't need much sound. Didn't need much sound back then. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Have fun. And um, remember, it's easy to make excuses. So why don't you do that? I'm kidding. That's not the moral of this thing. Does it have to be a moral to everything lately? Um, people say, why do you why do you podcast? And, because I like talking. What can I say? And just a word, a shout out to uh, Tim Conway who died recently, and it, it broke my heart a little because um, he was truly gifted and one of the funniest persons I ever saw. Um, never met him, you know, like most people I never met him, but, but he was remarkably gifted at making people laugh and lightening the load. And if that wasn't necessary back in the late 60s, early 70s, I don't know what was. All right. Until next time. I wish you all peace and love. Goodbye.